What's going on in the DMs? Aye. The waveform, they never used to look like this. Like, am I speaking into the right part? Do I need to speak into the side? Oh my gosh, I think I need to speak into the side. That's what's been going on this whole time. Hello, and welcome to Meanerism, episode 23. So, I've just realised that I've been speaking into the microphone incorrectly this whole time, for the most part. I think it's just by chance that I've been speaking into the side of the microphone, whereas before I would speak directly into it, like from the front, and that's not where the microphone picks up sound, so I'm a bit annoyed about that, to be fair with you, but we live and we learn, and and we just keep it moving, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, glad I found out eventually, like, (laughs) what? Yeah. I hope everyone is doing well. I myself am fine. I didn't plan this episode until today. And this morning when I woke up, I didn't have a topic. And I had to take some time to put this together. But I'm really glad I did because I've learned so much in the last few hours. So I want to cover environmental issues and what I know and what I've learned about it because obviously it affects us all and it's really important but before I go into that I have a little bit of an announcement so I've been doing this podcast as I mentioned for nearly six months and I did mention in a previous episode that I was going to reevaluate the structure so I wanted to do seasons as opposed to every single week forever type thing so I've decided that after six months I'm gonna have a break I'm not sure how long the break's gonna last for hoping only like a month or so but we'll see how it pans out and I'm going to also like advertise the podcast a lot more during this time and just take some time for myself you know like I work full-time and I research the topics and edit and record single-handedly and I think that I deserve to have some time back so that's kind of like another reason and yeah I think that it's healthy to always like reassess where you're at with something I think that like this has been a really good journey for me like I think I've done a lot and I've learned a lot and I've accomplished a lot like in terms of like my I would say public speaking but I'm not really public speaking at my I would say like my presentation skills I think they've like benefited off me doing this um so that's good and just generally just like learning about things it's forced me to find out more about things that I didn't know before and as a person that's given me more insight which is invaluable so also very grateful for that as well I think I just need to get the podcast in front of more people I think that's my main thing I think that I haven't really advertised this I mean I haven't at all like I haven't spoken to a lot of people about the fact that I even have a podcast like it's not really something that I've advertised and I think it really shows when you look at the stats like (laughs) I think it really does show so I think I just need to you know push out of my comfort what's it called again the comfort zone and yeah really like advertise the podcast and do a marketing plan add 
myself on well add myself join itunes like the things that i said i was going to do that actually do them and i think that because i haven't really had as much time i haven't done those things and it's not benefiting the actual platform like the podcast so i need to actually do the things and then i can come back and yeah have a wider audience and i think i need to also like research more topics because i did say that i had about a year's worth of ideas and topics but then to be honest like some of them they didn't really manifest because some of them were quite complex so they required a lot of like research which I didn't get around to some of them I just completely changed my mind like there was one that I said I was gonna like read parts of my diary or something like that and like in hindsight that is not a good idea (laughs) like I don't know like obviously I would be strategic with what I would choose to say and like what I learned from it so basically the premise was I was going to read like extracts from my diary and then say like what I'd learned as the older version of me from reading the younger version of me and what I would say to her now so it wasn't anything crazy and nothing like that it just was a good idea I think but in hindsight I didn't really think or feel comfortable with that so yeah I just basically decided not to do that but there was a few other ideas as well that just weren't either feasible or I needed someone else to like join I had like a few guest podcasts as well like few guest episodes and yeah they just haven't got around to like making the time for that with the other person or people so I would like to do that in the next season that would be a plan of mine but yeah for now I think that it's a good idea like I'm on episode 23 so episode 24 will be six months so that's the next episode I will do one more episode and then I will go on my well-deserved break and then yeah like that's what I've planned so thought I'd just like give a heads up on that because I don't want it to seem like I just dropped off and I just got demotivated and I just didn't do the next one like I am quite intentional with what I do so the least I could do is like communicate that out and then do it you know so yeah with that said today's episode I wanted to focus on environmental issues and like what I've learned during the last few hours or so and you know is it as bad as people say it is you know when we hear about global warming I think a lot of people do understand the harmful effects of greenhouse gases and some people don't some people think it's like fake basically it's um it can be a subjective opinion but it shouldn't really be it should be a universal fact you know that we are having environmental issues and we are being shown that more and more like with all of the natural disasters that are happening all of the forest fires and you know like the ice caps melting us having like the hottest summers that we've ever had like the temperature of the earth increasing like these are like quantifiable facts and shouldn't really be up for dispute I think personally but yeah I I did a bit of research I was looking into some of the things that are centered around like global warming so firstly and I think one of the most timely things is obviously COP26 which is happening in Glasgow firstly I just wanted to understand like what COP26 meant so it stands for conference of the parties and the 26 next to COP stands for the actual number of meetings that have been held 
since its inception. So like this is the 26th meeting. So it's COP26, the conference of the parties, the 26th edition, I guess. And it will be attended by countries that signed the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, which is also known as UNFCCC, which is a treaty agreed in 1994. And then to expand on that, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change established an international environmental treaty to combat, and then in quotations it says, dangerous human interference with the climate system, end quotation, in part by stabilizing greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere. Okay, right. So that gave me a little bit of insight. I'm going to go through what COP26's goals are. And then I'm going to go through what greenhouse gases are, because if I'm being completely honest, I didn't actually know. So I was like, I understand that it's harmful gases that affect the Earth's atmosphere, but I didn't know more than that. And I guess it was like a bit of a minefield at first. And I guess if you don't look into something, you're not going to know. So yeah, that's on that. But I'm going to leave links to the resources that I've used to construct this episode. I'm just going to read the overall titles. I'm not going to like break down every single goal, but there are, well, there's only four in total, actually, to be fair, as I probably could. The first one is to secure global net zero by mid-century and keep 1.5 degrees within reach. So that's like the temperature of the Earth's atmosphere. I believe I might be wrong with that actually they don't really explain it very well yeah the planet sorry the planets not the not the atmosphere so the target is to be at 1.5 degrees and I think it was previously two degrees however the Paris agreement that was lowered to 1.5 so that's now the target the warmer the earth gets the more like floods will get and forest fires and damaging effects on the ecosystem, etc. So that's why the whole focus is on that target and everything that contributes to that essentially. So that is the first one because I really did digress there. I went on a whole little journey just to like even find out more about that. And some of the goals that they have is to accelerate the phase out of coal to curtail deforestation, speed up the switch to electrical vehicles and encourage investment in renewables. The second goal is to adapt to protect communities and natural habitats. At COP26, they need to work together to enable and encourage countries affected by climate change to protect and restore ecosystems, build defenses, warning systems and resilient infrastructure and agriculture to avoid loss of homes, livelihoods and even lives. Mobilize finance. So to deliver on our first two goals, developed countries must make good on their promise to mobilize at least 100 billion in climate finance per year by 2020. I mean, I don't know where we got to with that. I say we, <laughs> like I was contributing, but at COP26, we must finalize the Paris rule book, the detailed rules that make the Paris Agreement operational, accelerate action to tackle the climate crisis through collaboration between governments, businesses, and civil society. There's some of the goals that are currently being discussed at COP26. I understand much more about it now that I have actually even just looked into it. I will put the link to the website in my caption and then to explain like a little bit about greenhouse gases I honestly didn't know properly like how it works but the way that 
it was explained to me in a YouTube video that I watched before this podcast was that the sun's rays heat up the earth as expected so that it's habitable for humankind and all living organisms. However, the rays also need to like be released and I think what happens is we have other harmful gases like CO2, methane and nitrous nitrous oxide that trap some of the the heat I guess and make the planet warmer so yeah that's what I learned (laughs) to be fair some people must be like wow this is very basic like how do you not know this but I didn't know so um I've linked to the video that I watched and that was from that was from NASA actually but I felt like it was just very to the point I'm not good with watching like long long videos I find it very very jarring to me and I think that's just more because of um our attention spans going to <laughs> I was going to shit but that's just down to my attention span and the society that we're living in with this instant gratification and short attention spans in general so yeah that's probably part of a bigger problem but yeah I found it very useful and I put it in my caption and I will like annotate which video or sources which because there's quite a few in this episode I was also watching tv the other day which is so rare for me and it sounds really strange but I don't really watch tv as much anymore because I just don't like I watch a lot of Netflix a lot of all for the BBC iPlayer app etc so I don't really tend to like watch tv that's just like programmed at a particular time anyway I was watching something I would just like turned on the tv so I just turned on the tv and the one show was on and they were talking about how we can help to do our part like on an individual level so I'm very conscious of how what I do makes a difference I wouldn't say that I'm I've perfected the ways that I could help. I definitely could do more. Like I still drink bottled water, which I know is a problem. Like I know that's not good for the environment and it is recyclable. But I think that the problem is that if I didn't use the plastic, it wouldn't have to go through that process. And it would be better for the environment if I drank out of a filter or if I drank tap water, for example. And I do recycle, but there's so much other things that we can do. So what I learnt when I watched these videos is that travel accounts for a quarter of all UK greenhouse emissions so obviously that's every vehicle that's the planes that we use the cars that we drive and like public transport as well but their recommendations are to use public transport more get an electric car and take less flights so I would say I use public transport exclusively at the moment but I will be getting a car soon and it's going to be a hybrid so that's me like doing my bit I guess and um, I haven't been on holiday on a plane for at least two years now so it hasn't been intentional obviously it's very much covid related but I guess as a byproduct of that I am helping the environment so there is that also UK food production makes up about 30% of emissions so that's like making so when I say food production I mean like the the sourcing during the maintenance etc so for example like beef and lamb are the most impactful on the environment because of the methane that they release into the atmosphere it's one of the greenhouse gases that are harmful to the environment and chicken has the lowest impact on the environment so I guess like that would be like one of the recommendations is to probably look at the types of meat that you eat and see 
how you can help like individually in that way and then having plant-based milk helps as well so the milk industry and the beef industry are pretty much interlinked excuse the noise in the background by the way because it's like fireworks day tomorrow so it's definitely going to be fireworks going on so you might be hearing that in the background which I cannot help so yeah um they are intrinsically linked so the dairy industry and the beef industries okay so I just watched like a semi-confusing video and what they did mention is that the amount of feed and the amount of yeah the amount of feed that they give a cow is what is wasteful so where do they source that feed from etc like if it needs to be transported in that kind of thing so yeah having plant-based milk is is good as well for the environment so i do eat dairy now and then but more often than not i don't like i have um what's it called oat milk so i have oat milk and i can't really tell the difference to be fair i'm not like that particular with it i think i'm actually lactose intolerant anyway so when i used to eat cereal like back in the day i remember when i used to like you know when you like get to the end and it's just like the milk and I would drink the milk and that would pain me. I used to be in like so much pain. <laughs> I was like, is this normal? I don't know. I didn't really like link it to being lactose intolerant, but it happened a few times and then I decided to like not have cereal anymore anyway. So then, yeah, I guess it just like I moved away from that, but I don't think I should be having it. Generally, I think that's another way to help the environment. Also, red meat in general. In the video, it was also mentioned that if we had one meal that didn't have red meat a week and replaced it with a plant-based meal, then it would cut greenhouse gas emissions by 50 million tons. It didn't say the time frame, which was a bit like well, over what period, um, and is that globally? Like, there's a few questions around that stat, but you know, it was it was big enough for me to mention. Another thing we can do is like buy food when it's locally in season. Now, I never really understood this one because in my mind, it's like if it's in the supermarket, then it's available to me. But an example that they said here was like if we were to have like asparagus that was in season in the country, then it's sourced within the UK and there's less like air travel, so that lowers emissions however if we were to get asparagus out of season they might source it from peru for example and then fly it over so that in itself is very wasteful in my eyes but it wasn't really something that I ever really thought about i don't think i ever think about whether a fruit or vegetables in season i don't have the tools i don't have the knowledge um or know-how but i personally think it's something that i'm going to start doing more of I've already been like toying with the idea of like buying organically and you know as I've just started to like eat meat again I think I need to start going organic. I think I'm just gonna stick with chicken to be honest. I have tried other meats. I did try turkey the other day and like my stomach was just hurting. I also tried Nando's. So anyway this is not the point. I'm not even gonna go into that but yeah organic um, fruit and vegetables is quite key and something that I want to do more of and just waste less food I think I'm quite good with that like I find that I eat everything that I buy like pretty much everything unless it's like gone off and I've forgotten about it or you know sometimes you, you put it in a bag and you put it in the fridge <laughs> everyone's like what <laughs> don't do that no for example yeah one time I had these prawns and they came in so I ordered them online and even that is wasteful to be fair because I could have 
just went to the shop around the corner but yeah someone came and bought the prawns and they delivered it in these like thin red plastic bags and I put it straight into the fridge and I forgot to take it out the bag yeah so now like a few like days later I was like what is in that bag and I opened it and I was like oh they were like the good fancy prawns as well like the good king prawns I was like nah sad times but yeah generally it's like something I would say I'm good at. But yeah, wasting less food is, is quite key. Uh, planting trees, they mentioned. I think this is obviously not feasible for everyone. Like only a small percentage of people that have land could do this. But obviously as trees capture more CO2, then they help the environment on a much larger scale. So that's why they say like the Amazon is like the lungs of the earth because they absorb a large percentage of the CO2 that's in the atmosphere. And obviously because we had like a massive fire in the Amazon, like that has reduced the amount of trees that are available to absorb the CO2 in the atmosphere. So there's a lot of projects going on in that area to kind of like repopulate. And I think this like having a greener earth in general would just help with CO2 emissions. Am I saying CO2 emissions right? I don't even know if CO2 emissions is the right terminology. And then in terms of like the home, what can you do in the home? You can, and these are like, I think standard things that most people do. I think it's more from a cost saving perspective than it is like an energy saving or energy efficiency perspective, but turning off lights when you're not using them. Yeah, I would say I'm good at that. Turn off the heating when you don't need it and also using LED bulbs instead of the other version, whatever they are. I would say just like using LED bulbs um, are more energy efficient. And the government hope that no new gas boilers will be sold after 2035, which I thought was quite a wild statistic because 2035 is not that far away. And I'm very sure that like a lot of people use gas boilers. So like what would be the alternative to that? Another interesting fact was don't buy fast fashion. So I was like, what's fast fashion? And then I realized that like everything that I buy is fast fashion. Like all of the online retailers, I'm not going to name no names, are all fast fashion. And it's not necessarily clear where their warehouses are. I know one of them in particular is based in China, like their warehouses in China. So every time I buy the clothes there, it's getting shipped from China to my door. And that is very wasteful. Like, especially as sometimes I like buy something and then I'll like a few weeks later buy something else from the same place. And I'm just literally causing more and more emissions by doing that. I never really thought of it like that before, but I will be a lot more cognizant of how I go about doing my shopping in the future because I'm not a wasteful person, but I would say in the last year and a bit I have been shopping online nearly exclusively so there is a duty of care there to ensure that when I do it I do it in a conscious manner so whether that be that I buy from that place but like less frequently and in bulk so I don't do multiple trips essentially well they don't do multiple trips or I buy more sustainable clothes obviously there's a lot of like vintage stores and like charity shops that people can buy from as well like to help with that so that's also quite key and just shopping local like if you shop somewhere that is based in the UK then obviously that reduces air travel by 100% I also do feel though however it's a little bit Brexit I feel like like saying this I'm not endorsing like I'm not endorsing like the notion of like yeah we've got to buy local because I'm being patriotic I'm not, I'm not doing it for that reason I'm doing it from an environmental perspective that's my lens like that's how I'm looking at this when I say what I say the recommendation was not to upgrade straight away when your upgrade is due 
because of the amount of carbon that's used to create the phone and also the travel costs wherever that phone was manufactured um that's also a consideration and how that gets to you as well so it's probably air travel so that's another thing obviously to factor in i also watched a video from kurtz gazart i said it right the first time wow in one of my episodes i can't remember which one it was i think it was to me or not to me that one i tried to say that about 50 no about 20 times at least i was like i can't say it but yeah now i've said it i'm gonna say it again okay I'm, I'm i'm leaving it on a high um but yeah i watched the video and they were talking about co2 emissions and kind of broke it down by country which i thought was really interesting so the world's co2 emissions come from china which is 27 percent, but there is 1.4 billion people in china china is probably the biggest country of production and commerce you know exporting products north america followed at 18 percent, but they only have 579 million people and then eu which was 17 percent, so that's 466 million but then if you look at it from a historical perspective the us and europe have used the most co2 emissions like historically like in total which is then followed by china Australians have the highest carbon footprint per person, that's 17 tonnes a year, which is triple the global average. And there is usually a correlation in general to the individual's usage and poverty. So an example that they've used in the video was that the average American emits as much emissions in two days as the average Nigerian does in a year. So that was quite a shocking statistic. I actually think it was 25 days i actually didn't write it down for some reason but i think it was 2.5 days and um yeah that's actually quite shocking because it's not something that you think about and i don't think we really like sit down and like think about the impact that what we're doing in our lives have on the environment as a whole because everyone's kind of focused on just living life and doing their thing and just getting by and i think that you know we all have a responsibility to have a conscious awareness of how what we do affects the world and obviously this isn't the most like positive episode like it's not something that's going to make you feel uplifted but hopefully it does make you feel motivated to make a change and to do something that helps to contribute towards this 1.5 degree target. I found another resource from WWF and WWF stands for I don't even know the the World Wildlife Federation. <laughs> I just don't know. It stands for the World Wide Fund for Nature. Yeah, so the World Wide Fund for Nature, and it lists ten reasons why we should all care about climate change, and they range. So I'm not going to read them all. I think that actually should I read them all? Okay, fine. I'll read them all. The first reason is that snow leopards, turtles, and polar bears are awesome, and they're becoming extinct so there's not just not just these three species i think there's a lot of animals that are becoming extinct because of climate change and that's obviously very scary so obviously when you think about polar bears and the ice caps melting obviously that's their home so that is something to definitely think about the second reason is that coffee this is what they've written this is not my written coffee is 
also becoming less available. It says here, the effects of climate change on coffee are well documented and coffee producers are already seeing reduced harvests and more pests because of it. Even if you're caffeine free, you're not in the clear. Wine production may also be hit by climate change. Doesn't really like explain why or how with wine, but you know, it's a consideration and I think from my perspective, it's something that I would definitely think about and consider because I am a wine drinker, not at the moment, but yeah, in the past I have drunk wine and I wouldn't say it's one of the most defining reasons as to why I care about the climate. There's much bigger reasons and one of which is the coral reefs. So this is the third reason. Uh, Warmer air and ocean temperatures cause coral bleaching, which is where the corals lose their colour and they may die. And the corals like aerate the oceans yeah so coral reefs provide an important ecosystem for life underwater protect coastal areas by reducing the power of waves hitting the coast and provide a crucial source of income for millions of people okay so coral reefs team with diverse life and the problem here is that ocean acidification which is caused by increased co2 in the atmosphere compounds the problem so the ocean is now 26 percent more acidic than it was in 1990 number four because we all need clear water. Did you know that two in every three people worldwide live in regions of severe water scarcity? Even a small increase in global temperatures will destabilize the water cycle and could make water scarcity much worse. Climate change affects rainfall patterns, meaning both drought and flooding will be more common and more intense. I don't really understand this one. It says five, because we all hate the sight of politicians in wellies, global temperature records have been broken in recent years and flooding in the UK gets worse. We need to see politicians taking serious action on climate change, not looking for the next photo opportunity. So, okay. Okay, okay. Uh, Because rainforests are incredible. Unique, irreplaceable and often described as the world's lungs, rainforests are some of the most precious habitats on the planet. They really are amazing. Yet over a third of the Amazon rainforest is already threatened by climate change seven because we all deserve to breathe clean air with anthropogenic (laughs) with anthro anthropic anthropogenic anthropogenic climate i don't know what the hell that even means so just getting me out here saying words don't even understand chiefly of environmental pollution and pollutants originating in human activity with anthropogenic climate change and anthropogenic means chiefly of environmental pollution originating in human activity so in a sentence like you can say okay so in a sentence you can say the long-term data also yields important insights into the effects of into the (laughs) I was like, you are not ready to say this word. The long-term data also yield important insights into the effects of anthropogenic disturbances such as fisheries, exploitation, and pollution. There you go, using that in a sentence. Um, Yeah, so with anthropogenic climate change, driven by human-caused emissions to the atmosphere, it stands to reason that we face compromised air quality. This affects human health, especially children. Air pollutants can lead to asthma, heart, and lung disease. Beijing's insidious smog is a visible reminder of this, but bad air quality is also making headlines in the UK and has been labelled a public health emergency by MPs. Because clean tech is exciting. So solar panels, wave energy conversion and wind farms are allowing us to harness the power of nature in a clean, 
way, harvesting energy without harming our environments or destroying habitat. Nifty gadgets like their wall e size robot that can insulate your house to save energy are helping to cut carbon in unexpected places. And I think that that goes back to like what I was saying before with like using LED lights and turning down your heating when you're not using it, etc. Um, it's how we kind of contribute to that free technology as well. Number nine, because we are all affected no matter where in the world we live. So climate change won't just impact forests or coral reefs or even people in far off countries. It will affect all of us from the more extreme weather to increasing food prices to recreation and decreased opportunities to appreciate the natural world, people everywhere will feel the effects of climate change. Tackling climate change is fundamentally necessary to create a world where people and nature thrive. And then number 10, because of future generations. I definitely agree with this as well. So we are fortunate to live in a beautiful, diverse, nurturing or inspiring planet. Our children and all future generations deserve the same. If you're feeling worried by now, you're not alone. Millions of people are working together for our planet. Events like Earth Hour are a brilliant reminder that together, humanity is capable of great things and we can make change happen for the right reasons. And then just to follow up, Already, so much has changed since we first heard about the possible effect of climate change. Beginning with the Rio Earth Summit, then the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Agreement, action on a global scale is speeding up. Now it is more important than ever that we use our action, our votes and our voices to tell political and business leaders that action on climate is absolutely essential. Okay, so that's 10 reasons as to why you should care about climate change and obviously there's so much more like obviously I think like one of the biggest things from my perspective is the natural disasters that we're seeing on a global scale and the effect on our ecosystem and the environment at large you know and we want to make sure that this planet does have a long lifespan so it's not just for us it's for like future generations as well and everyone that will live on this planet so we will have a part to play and that's pretty much what I want to cover in this episode like, I feel like this could be such a massive episode that like, I could go into so many different areas but I think because I was semi-educating myself as well I decided to just look at things from a top level perspective and gain a basic understanding and I feel like I should have known more before I started this episode but I don't like berate myself for that either like I'm grateful that I know what I know now and that I can pay it forward so yeah it's given me a lot of food for thought and a lot of things that I can think about in terms of like how I operate it'll make me think about the ways that I purchase products and how I just live my life essentially with this in mind because I think I do a good job to an extent but there is so much more that I could do so yeah I hope that this episode was helpful and informative in some way and if it is then I'm grateful and I feel like I've done what I set out to do and I hope that yeah you're well and looking after one another and I will speak to you next week all right bye